Hi, and welcome to Pathways, the podcast by Grenadian Steam. This is the show where we chat with Grenadians and other West Indians pursuing careers in the steam fields to learn about the reasons they got into the industry, the struggles they have faced, and some tips and tricks they may have picked up along the way. I'm your host and president of Grensteam, Arlene Hayes. In this season, we are putting the focus on those who are doing it best right at home. Science, technology, engineering, architecture, and math exist all around us, even though we may not always realize it. And there are lots of openings for these skill sets to be used on the island. So join us as we talk about STEAM in Grenada and hear about some local businesses that you might want to get involved with and support. On today's episode, I'm talking with none other than Kareem Gilbert, the talented, multidisciplinary visionary you may know behind the brand CG Creative. With a background in information technology and experience in graphic design, art, web design, and communication, among many other fields, Kareem has become well-known as a photographer and as a content creator for both individuals and commercial businesses alike. I hope you enjoy learning about Kareem's story as much as I did, and if you do, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review or drop us a note on social media to let us know who else you'd like to hear from. All right, good morning, Kareem, and welcome to Pathways. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Thanks for agreeing to jump on and talk to me this morning. Of course, of course, of course. (laughs) That's (laughs) us. Yes. All right. So to get started, can you introduce yourself to the listeners, just who you are, what it is that you do, um, and tell us where in Grenada you're from. Okay. Um, my name is Kareem Gilbert. I'm the founder and owner of CG Creative, which is our multidisciplinary um, content production company based here in Grenada. So um, I'm a business owner. I I own a few, well, a few, a few business well, but this is my uh, my main one. I'm from St. David's. So I don't know if you have any listeners. I might be from St. David's itself. But Come on. That's, yeah. <laughs> All right. Big up St. David's. <laughs> All right. So Karim, give us the backstory. Um, as you were growing up, you know, primary school, secondary school, young boy, what kind of student were you? I was a bright student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the definition of bright student. Mm-hmm. Um, placing, type to place, um, top three in class, that type of thing. Um, not naturally with it. Um, that was through primary school. And then secondary school was a shift. When I say a shift, it was a shift from not just from just good grades, from just having good grades to kind of like finding purpose. Right, that was in secondary school. Mm-hmm. So it was I, I um I was a I would I would I would be what you call yourself a, a good student, but um I was also a quiet one too, kind of introverted. So you didn't really hear me about that much, mm-hmm. but at the in in that sense, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know them kind of yes yes. 
So um, it was it's a bit of a mix in between, but I was a, a type of um, good diligence student and then I made a shift halfway through GBSS, my secondary school, where I say, I need to know how to use um, these grades um, purposefully and not them just be grades and just go out there and do something that is just good on textbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a shift. Okay, so tell us more about that shift. What did you, I'm guessing you had a few subjects or something that you liked, maybe you were interested in. Mm-hmm. What was your thought mm-hmm. process now that, you know, you're getting out of, you know, school, school child life and you need to start thinking mm-hmm. about your future? What were you mm-hmm. thinking of becoming? Right, so back then, this I always say, um, well, you know, like when you're growing up and thinking, there's always put things in your head, who, you might, who do you think you might be? Uh, based on your characteristics. So you say, there's a smart man, you'll be um, some like our oh, prime minister or some like a doctor or engineer. And yes, I was actually interested in those fields in terms of, because, um, you know, it was like that what they was telling you that's yeah. what's good to do and things like that. But then um, in secondary school, I had a, a keen interest in um, computers for some reason. One of the first quote-unquote, big words I learned to spell as a, a, a child. When I say a child, I mean, like, around under five and something like that was computer. And I used to remember, remember that moment. <laughs> in the van, that when my uncle helped me spell that word. But yes, I really liked IT in secondary school. And then so I was like, I'm going to really channel a lot of energy into that, into being legitimately one of the best IT students in my class. And I did. I did have one good competition. And he so turned out to be one of my actually good um, partners right now in, in that sense. Um, so, yes, I had a really keen interest in IT. And then I was like, so what does a smart IT person do other than just technician and whatever? And then I was like, software engineer. I was like, hmm, might be a software engineer. That's cool. That's coding. That's building um, um, apps and so on and things like that. And I did begin doing that. Um, but there are a few... Um, roadblocks and personality differences in between me doing that and what I'd say my quote-unquote full potential would be like um, within that field. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you graduated BSS and then did you go to TAMCC or? I went to TAMCC. I did IT in TAMCC. Yes. Okay. So you got into TAMCC doing IT and were you still set on software engineer or you're just kind of feeling it out? Yeah, I was set, I was kind of set on it because um, you know, that's why I chose IT in TAMCC. So I was like, okay, you'll be some software engineers out here, you know? Yeah. But um, but then after that, I think then the career path would be to go to a school like Waterloo, um, which is in Canada, I think. I'm yeah, not mistaken. Canada. But, yeah, right. So we were actually, yeah, we and I say we, I mean me and the other friend who I was who also wanted was one of the best IT students in the class. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so we were on those on that path, but it's in exactly time CC when we built something on our own that um propelled us to a, a, a new height or a new level because the things that we did wasn't what they taught us in school books. And we was like, wow. We could build our own things. Okay. That so that's where it started. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the mind shift happened in GBSS when I started not looking towards grades and I was like, 
who do I want to be like or what kind of impact I want to make? And then I started looking at Steve Jobs, Billy Gates, it's Bill Gates, but I just nicknamed Bill Gates. Um, and I wasn't big then around that time. That time he was just coming up with Tesla and so on. But those guys, what they really did to change the world. And then we, we watched a lot of movies on their backstories and things like that. Well, I did the yeah. like the social media movie, Facebook movie, mm-hmm. and things like that. And that was our motivation then to be assessed, the mind shift and time to see we actually built something that was out of our scope. And then we were like, we can make our own stuff. Okay. You <laughs> we just researched that we, that we found on there. You want to talk a little bit about what you built? Sure, sure. That's no so that was 2013 around now. So that's about seven, eight years ago about that. Um, and in Grenada, um, we always saw it as the world was gonna go digital. We were little teenagers back then, but we always saw it that eventually we want to go digital. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, um, why don't we create like an Amazon for here? Right. So the purpose for it was that people would be able to easier buy and sell. It would remove the um the friction that everybody needs to get an apartment or slash an um a physical building to sell. Whereas on our platform, you know, you just put up your store and then you post your item for sale and um everybody could be able to see it and buy it and you'll be able to make sales like that. So you went the whole shebang on on building analytics for store views, um, be able to process payments, um, good design. We, de- we design it so, so much. Like, I legitimately have the screenshots of the pictures that we only did it the first time. Mm. And then when we did the last time, and it's like night and day, and it just sees, you can just see how we legitimately progressed through our time CCM, to a few months in that time CCM time bracket um, from amateur to semi-pro in that sense um so what we were building was a platform extremely powerful something like ebay or amazon and that was when we was in time to see we were learning basic html and css which is just designing a simple site to basically say kind of like hello world or um just have simple labels and things like that fully informational not dynamic or conduct transactions but what we set out to build or something that you need engineers and this person, that person. We got the same platform that they actually built stores on, like Nike.com at the time and so on, on which was Magento, an open source platform. So it just shows you how deep down we went into the rabbit hole, into actually um, putting in the, the work to, um, to research and execute. Yeah. Um, and we actually did, we built it, and we actually received funding from it. Yeah. Um, it, so it was it, it was a really mind opening experience. The fact that we did it and it was no longer um, just hypothetical, but it was real that we built something that people could use. And we actually had some user sign up and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it's very interesting that you were able to get all of that done and actually execute a project without really being you know, taught those stuff you just kind of picked up on your own and worked out a solution that to a problem that you saw. Yeah. So I'm guessing that was kind of always your mentality that you were able to kind of do things on your own yeah. uh, rather than having to be taught, right? Yeah. Okay. So then 
um, getting out of TAMCC now and actually having this project that you're able to execute, mm-hmm. what happened next? Did you go straight into SGU or did you um, okay. get a, a regular job, quote unquote? Right. right. The interesting part, well, part two. Um, yes, after TAMCC, straight into the workforce. Okay. <laughs> um, and but what was interesting as well is that I got a job in a field that I was not um, directly involved in, which, which happens a lot, which mm-hmm. happens a lot um, because of, you know, the landscape that we live in. Right. So I was actually in, I got in, in, in insurance. I was 100% um, grateful and so on for the opportunity and everything. But um, it kept on, it kept on um, banging on my head that it's possible that that wasn't where I needed to be, that it um, it didn't fit with my, with you know, the vision that I I wanted to have and things like that, mm-hmm. and so, I I eventually had to see how I could seek out, seek a way out to um to get into my field, and then that's when I got another job, but this time it was in a digital um creative agency that was based in Canada at the time. So I was actually working remotly. So I, I worked in, a, um, in the insurance um, company for approximately nine months, if I'm not mistaken, before um, moving on to actually doing something in my field. And then so it was at that company that I were able to, um, to, to build the stuff that I, I still had in mind. So the the job description was graphic designing, um, graphic designing, web designing, and also a little bit of um, sales slash marketing. But it was mostly um to design websites and things like that. And I built a hundred over a hundred websites within that my tenure there. So it was it was a really good experience, and it was working remotely at first. How long did you stay with that company? I stayed there until I went to SU. So that was from, I think, from April 2015 to November, to about January in SU. I started SU January 2016. Okay. I was still, yeah, so I, I spoke to them and I told them that I am, um, what I was, what I wanted to do, you know, to get certified slash a degree, you know, in IT on the bachelor level and things, the bachelor level and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they were cool with it and so on. So then you know I was working with them for the time in the earlier while I was there at SU. Yeah. Yeah. How did because, how did you even find that job? <laughs> Interestingly, I manifested it. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously though. <laughs> seriously. All right. So let me tell you what happened. So I, I knew I knew I really and truly wanted to um I need I needed to get out there. So mm-hmm. I, leg- I I legitimately found it on a on a, on a Facebook um post, a mm-hmm. Facebook group, one of those um I think it was those buy and sell group. They said they were looking for a remote um designer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and at night when I was supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> but I was up and then I was I was I was um hell bent on going to work in the morning, mm-hmm. so I said, "Oh gosh, I need to find some that I want to do, like for real, for real." Yeah. And then, lo and behold, I saw it, and then I sent um 
I, I made the contact one time. It was crazy. Wow. Was crazy. So you had to send in a resume or something, or you just spoke to yes. them? Yes. What, what did I have to do? Yes, I had to send in a resume. Um, we did a, we did a, I think it was a, a phone call interview. Okay. We did a phone call or video call interview. One of, the, one, of, one, of, one of them. And then they really liked um, what I was about. They really liked um, my vision. I told them about the project and so on that I worked on too. So mm-hmm. that project changed my life. But yeah. yeah. Um, and they were really impressed. And they took me on one time, one time, like the next week or, or, or two or so, I was, I was ready to go. Nice. So did you, was the, the project kind of the only evidence you had of your abilities or did you have other websites or things you designed? Uh-uh. Um, good question. Good question. I actually, yeah, I had other websites and so on that I was building on the side. And one was a, a job searching platform um, mm-hmm. to make it easier for people to find jobs in Grenada. So mm-hmm. we, built, um, we built one for that so people companies were able would be able to post job boards and so on in one central place and then the next one was um for apartments for people to find apartments easier so real estate companies and so on would, would be able to um post their their listings and so on and people able to find them all in one place and if you realize all these ideas was based around making life easier for the consumer yeah. The average consumer to find what they want and what they need, even the e-commerce store um, idea. And mm-hmm. it was based around generating revenue for the other person. So it was always about bringing persons together through technology or solving issue, problems through technology and making life easier through technology, which is what, um, what we will focus on, kind of like innovation in that sense. So yeah. yes, we had those other projects um, to back up and to show that we wasn't just doing what we were told. But, you know, we were making things that we thought could make a difference from right. young. Um, do any of those uh, websites that you built still exist today? Do they still exist? Um, no, they don't. I'll tell you why. Yeah. They don't because we were, we were young and doing it. And when we, we launched and so on, we were still so timid that um, we basically couldn't do it on our own. When we say we couldn't do it on our own, it's like, wow, would people really like it? Would um kind of we were basically just building things for the outside public. And we were the guys behind it, like me and my other partner, um, Rendell here. So that and for two funding, we we were the ones funding it personally. Um so the web hosting, the domain name purchases, and along with that too, we had our our jobs and so on going on so we needed we needed at the time a salesperson in the mix to basically reach out to people for us so you know how um it persons are not the most um outgoing of people yeah yes that what we were back then and we definitely knew we needed a salesperson and so on on board to be more of the face because of my photography company and so on that happened a few years later on i had to um grow that trait but initially we were not so so then you know they, those ideas came and so on. we actually published some of them and then what ended up happening is that they um we couldn't continue on funding it because we didn't get in people to come on it in terms of um the real estate agents or the um the e-commerce stores or the 
what are the, the job companies. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we already had the software and so on intact, but what was missing was just a sales team. Somebody to just go out and sell it. it was yeah. legitimately that was missing. So that's why um they weren't up. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I mean with Grenada, I don't know how much you think that kind of um attributed to it, but mm-hmm. just the fact it, that you know the economy is so small. There's exactly. so it people, it not many people willing to get on board with this kind of stuff or to even yes. pay for it. Exactly. And we're a little bit slower to adapt in Grenada to new things. Yeah. Very, very slow. So by the time when people would be, would have been quote unquote ready, we might have already been um we would already be, you know, had like a, a hole in our pocket in a sense. If we were in a market like the United States, um, this is just hypothetically speaking, or somewhere that has picked up fast, then basically what they do is they they boom, they go, they get investors, they invest the investor like the idea, they give you so and so and so on to figure, and you have that to to run the business until it um it, it becomes profitable. Right. Like for instance, Amazon wasn't profitable until recently. So imagine, and, and millions of dollars Amazon was making per year, but it still wasn't profitable until recently. So IT companies and so on kind of like are similar. Some, some of them are similar in that framework, but um, we would, we're not in the industry. We're not in the industry at the time in the Grenadian economy to, um, to facilitate that adequately while we were young. Or else we legitimately would have still have it today if we were, say, do it in another um, industry, for instance. Right now, um, Glassdoor is one of the most popular um, job booking sites and Elance, similar to the idea that we had. Um, we know of other companies that were sprung up in terms of e-commerce, um, Jet.com and things like that, that became big and was sold to Amazon itself for like a billion dollars. And the same real estate um, idea that we had um, Zillow exists, which is similar in concept, but the Canadian economy is ultimately too small to facilitate something like that. So we had the idea, but the market was not the right fit based on our geolocation. It was limiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to dive into that too much, but I'm interested maybe later on in the conversation to see how that kind of plays into what you do now or yes, yes, other yes, things. Yes. So, yes. all right. Um, so what did you study at SGU? Information technology, yes, okay. IT. Is that an accredited program now? Um, yes, yes, I would like to think yeah. so. Yes. Okay. I think last time I checked it wasn't. Okay, that's good to know. Um, so what what was happening at SGU um, now that you have like this drive to want mm-hmm. to do more and grow more? So at SGU, as you was actually um, one of my ideas as well that came from the same GBSS mentality that I ended up in breeding. So mm-hmm. when I went to SU, I said it was never about the degree alone. It was also about using the time there and the space there and the facilities there and the networks there to basically come out of it with a legitimate business that I could do so that I no longer need to do a job where I'm not making the level of impact that I can make. So I, I approached SU very strategically. I was doing IT, but um, at the same time, I was doing my own side learning. I was into Forex, um, foreign exchange. Um, I was into all other things to basically um, 
create avenues for um, building stuff, networking, and um, generating wealth and, and revenue for other people. So it, it, it was a really, as you was, was, was like the, the, the step that put the nail, not, not really in the coffin, but the step that was necessary in order to become a legitimate business without the burdens of a, a nine to five. A nine to five is not really a burden, but without the responsibilities of a nine to five. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go to school and then any free time that I have, um, I could use it to to establish my name. So then that when I started the photography company. Yeah. Okay, perfect segue. What got you into photography? I, I liked photography since I was like 14. I picked up a camera. I picked up a camera um, that my sister-in-law had. Mm-hmm. And I was taking pictures and I was really playing around with the focus. And when I was playing around with the focus, I realized that like, hey, if I put, um, you had a time a landslide happened due to the rainy season. That was when I was still young. I was like 14, 15, still going to GSS. So I did have a camera passion, still quite back then. Um, and then the landslide came and then my niece was, she, she went, all of us went down to see it. And she had a dolly in her hand and the rocks was, the, the rocks was um, in front of her. And then she was like, they in shock a little bit. And I took a picture from the back um, with her and the dolly in the hand. In, in focus and in the land side in blur. And I was like, hey, look at how that look like a quote unquote devastating shot. And I was like, oh, so from, from that basic thing, I was like, I could basically tell what I want to tell. Uh, I could basically make impactful images. So with that, as well as I developed a unique editing style with apps that was winning at the time. Back then it was Picasso. And um, there was another one that everybody used to use on Facebook. And you see, you used to have a big watermark on the side of it if you use a premium feature for free. Is it yeah. Pixie or something like that? But yeah, all my photos on them, they were edited in a certain way and in a certain vibe. And then I used to put in the bottom, I'll watch my Karim edits and, and, and things like that. It was mad funny, but I became known for my photography um, from since then. And I had a, a really popular album, you know, back then, 100 likes was like a lot. Yeah. Right now it's like inflated because everybody's on social media. So, right. so the cost of a like back then was, was like, was like, like I had an album that had like a couple, you know, passed that mark and I was like, woo, I made it, mama. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really known back then. So that was, so that what basically got me into photography. Um, picking up a digital camera back then, I've been able to tell a story with it. And up until since then, I wanted to buy one, but it was mad expensive. And then I was able to um to save and 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 live frugal to to get um a professional one with, um with some help from from the states and so on for for my actual one buy one from the states yeah the actual DSLR that I have still this day in the big leagues now in the big leagues now <laughs> okay. So, so when, what was the moment or, mm-hmm. or the series of events that then led to you merging, you know, this idea of wanting to do your own thing, start your own business and mm-hmm. Hey, I could use photography. Ah, I knew photography. Okay. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. So for one, I always wanted photography to be a part of what I do, but I didn't have the means yet to get the camera. Okay. Um, so let me see. 
So I think in, in, in SGU, in SGU, which we set up the environment for them to take pictures of, of, of folks, of human beings, and then post them on my Instagram, and then them actually asking me um, how much for a photo shoot. <laughs> right? Asking me how much for a photo shoot and things like that. And back then, I didn't really have a pricing, to be very frank. Right. I had to do my own research. But I never really asked. I never, I never really asked too much photographers what were they pricing and so on like that. I kind of like created a value system of what I think based on expenses and things as well. And then it just so happened to be around the similarity. But um, I would say in SGU, when I started taking pictures and I started seeing persons being able to live a life that they want to through, you know, through the lens, through photography and so on, that I was like, I could actually do this thing and not just do it, but the experiences that I had before, whereby I was able to build stuff, whereas I was able to um to create things way ahead of my time or way ahead of me in terms of my age. And I was like, if I could do that with photography, I could be really, 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 really good. So like I apply it and it all came together and released in yeah, in SU time, time, time max, time period. Yeah. If that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so tell us a little bit about what your experience was developing this mm-hmm. brand or this company. Um, right. So like some of the more nitty gritty details of just like owning your own business in Grenada yeah. and then getting people on board, which it seems like you already had some bit of a following, but I feel like mm-hmm. there's a switch when you actually start saying like, this is what I do for money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tell us about that. Okay. So it's actually funny. Um, when I was in GBSS, I was a bit of a comedian. When I say a bit of a comedian, a bit of a Facebooker, one of the Facebook people that be posting um, clever stuff or funny You're stuff. Yeah, not, not a troll, not the negative <laughs> trolls. I was a good, the good, the good kind. So like I used to be right, I used to make up one-liners, one-liners in terms of clever stuff on my way from school, jokes and, and things like that, because Stuff was mad funny back then. <laughs> yeah. Right? And post it. And I used to bombard people's social media. Whenever you go on your Facebook, you know to expect something caring, though. But whenever I, sometimes, sometimes I'd be on Facebook so much that I ultimately tell the platform, tell everybody on their good night. And then they, <laughs> and then they would like to post because, like, it's like having your own blog for a Monday. Yeah. So I, um, I created. I basically, uh, yeah, I created like a, a little bit of a, a known persona back then. And that, and when I started doing the photos and, and the likes and so on, and when I see the likes, I mean like the notes and so on kept coming from that. Yes, I did kind of like have a following. Um, I did I did have a switch from teenage to adulthood where I started posting a lot less. Um, mm-hmm. And then the funny stuff didn't even really start to seem funny anymore. And I felt weird posting them if I were to. So I, I legitimately give Facebook a break, but then came Instagram where you could post your photo content, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have no bad phone back then um, to say I was going to post photos on my phone. I had, I had a good phone, but I didn't really want to use it to really post photos. So I was legitimately waiting on my camera, I was waiting on my camera to come through. So while I created, when I created my Instagram, um, there were a few a few um persons on there that 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 that, that still exist today and they have them, them that was there back then they have a huge following now 
So we were part of the people who who um who were um ridiculously using Instagram. So I um when when I started doing photos and things like that, my at name was Kareem.gilbert, which is my personal name, and that's what I used to go by. And in the company, which is CG Creative, um, I give it some thoughts and I was like, what should I name this business? Right? What should I name this business? Because it has to be registered and it has to be official. Mm-hmm. I say, I didn't want to be scaring about photography. That's kind of lame. It's not really lame, but I was like, that's kind of limiting to yeah. what I do. And creativity and innovation was a thing. So I was like, what's about Kareem Gilbert Creative? I.E. CG Creative. And then so I was like, mm, it's not bad, you know. I could use <laughs> it for now. So I used it. And then I had to register a business. Registration process is $25 for a business name to get it to go into, um, you have to go up, up on top of the lane, this building up there, and get your business name officially registered. And then you have to get your tax form for your tax identification number and things like that. So I did that. And that was really nice to do when I did that, you know. I didn't. I think I celebrated a little small celebration. Yeah. I think I bought something, and and that was nice. And then the next day, I was I was in there taking photos, and 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 um, well, I was I was getting payments for services back then, like before it officially became a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it, yeah, so like it was a continuation, and people started to like the profile for what I could create, and started shooting my friends, um. And then they started booking me and then the word started spreading and it became history after that. History after that. In that sense. Yes. So it seemed like it was pretty organic for you. um, Yes. Very organic. Yeah. Something that you love doing anyway. Very organic. Honestly, I'm very grateful for the great referrals and the great energies and Whoever's putting it out there in the universe for me, I'm very grateful because it was legitimately organic. Like I never really had to reach out. Um, I was legitimately reaching reach out to uh, most, if not all, of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for that um position or that that placement in yeah. the in the space or universe. Yeah. So it was organic. Grateful for that. So how just because this is, you know, a steam podcast and you want to talk a little bit more about the the tech side of it. How has technology really impacted your business? So I know it's like creative, it's very mm-hmm. artsy kind of design, photography, stuff like that. But there is a technical yeah. aspect to it too. Yes. What does yes. that look like? So for photography, on photography side, my photos are edited. So softwares that I um I use um, religiously our Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom, and Adobe Photoshop. Mm-hmm. These are these are very instrumental in my life because the photos that I take, there are some photographers when they take photos, they legitimately just publish it after that, like in the JPG format. Mm-hmm. But mine's are shot in RAW, which needs to be processed um, by a computer afterwards. So straight out the camera, my photos can't really be used officially. And mm-hmm. so the editing software and so on is key to making the photos look how I want them to look, as well as um, being able to give them my signature um, expression. So I have experience with a plethora of softwares, everything from graphic design, motion design, um, 
script writing, you name it. On my resume, I have a three column page of softwares that I can use because I was, I'm very intuitive with, um, with computer um, technology, very, very intuitive, it just comes. So I have a, a lot of um, a lot of them that I can merge to create what I want to create. On the web design aspect, um, I use um, I use brackets to code or Sublime Text. Um, so I became very versed in in those te- those um, technologies as well. Um, and on the video side, there's also of course video editing software like Adobe Premiere Pro, Adobe After Effects, among many others that um that I used on a, a basis. So Technology is legitimately um, the the keystone or the cornerstone in, in what I do. Without it, I can't make the things do exactly what I want them to do. Yeah. Yeah. Is that answer? Mm-hmm. And all this software you learned on your own? Did you use YouTube videos or just just trying it out with different projects? Right. Right. So in terms of CC, they they give they, they did give us a foundation. Um, on graphic designing and, you know, using the basics of Photoshop and things like that. So yes, that was part of it. And yes, I use the University of YouTube a lot. Mm-hmm. I graduated from the University of YouTube. <laughs> right? And then you basically start to realize the pattern in certain, in certain programs in the Adobe suite um, mm-hmm. that's the, that you could use across all the different Adobe suites. So once you master one, you could master the rest similarly but um but yeah it was a lot of learning on my own a lot a lot a lot a lot of 3 a.m a lot of hours a lot of trying to merge yourself into the computer to become and think kind of like um kind of like it to know what your limitations and your creative expressions are because when clients come and they want something done sometimes on the spot without research you have to say okay we can do that yes i know how to do that so all the things you do have to research um, but yeah, um, being able to know your stuff beyond your scope is very important because in the creative industry and so on, you get a lot of ideas and being able to bring it together is what makes you the guy in that sense, you know, being able yeah. to pull this and that and boom, be able to make a production is what makes you the person. So whether it's um, somebody who wants to do computer technician or, or whatever, what separates you from just being a technician and probably being a business owner, the person who own it is being able to, to, um, to pull together all these things when people need their needs. So basically it's good advice to um, master the tools that you have to work with. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. You, you seem pretty confident in your skill sets and, you know, your ability to learn anything kind of on the fly. Um, was yeah. that always the case or did you ever have a situation where you're just like, Boy, I don't know if I could do that one. Like, just <laughs> questioning yourself. It's very interesting, you know. The question that's very interesting. Um, I got away from that, that that thinking. So, time and time again, I have had that um that um it's not a situation, but that um back and forth come upon um mm-hmm. because as I say, I'm usually consulted for a lot of ideas and things like that. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe because I, I watch so much and I read so much that I see what, once it has been done to a piece, to a part, mm-hmm. I just know it could be done again or not, it could be done again, but I just know it could be done. Mm-hmm. So from doing the, the, the software in PAMCC where we created the, um, 
the, the website that was on the scale of the Nike website and we were in TamCC. Like that just tells us that, okay, we could do that. <laughs> Definitely. And it's also a belief in, also in the persons who have created the technology that I use today that they also um, laid a foundation based on their experiences to, um, to be able to use my, um, my, my technology, that they, the technology that they made for multi-different uses. For instance, the camera, I could use a camera for underwater photography, I could use it for, um, for stills, I could use it for portraits, I could use it for landscapes. It's legitimately um, um, experiences, I think, that probably gave me that confidence of what could be done. I think it's experiences, experiences as well as nothing is impossible type of mentality that are, that the barrier I've been broken in, in my mind mm-hmm. to create. Yeah, that would that, that would do that. That would, that would cause that in Canadian terms. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the most important thing because you you can do anything that you want, right? You just have to put your mind to it and believe that you could yeah. do it. Most of the time, we are our own limitations. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate, but true. It's unfortunate, but true. All right. So what has been the biggest setback maybe mm-hmm. that you've had in running your business? Because there had to be, you know, days that were not as great as the others. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have a list. Okay. It's just, it's just, my biggest setback um, has been... I don't want to, it's not really a setback. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting position, but mm-hmm. um, it, it would have to be certain limitations based on my geolocation again. Because as I said, right, some of the things that I want to create and some of the things that I have created um, suits a lot of markets out there very, very, very well. Um, but it has been very challenging to implement certain things here on these soils because it's not um, technology or technological adoption. Adoption is not um, so much ingrained in Canadians at this time. So mm-hmm. that has been one of the biggest setbacks. So for instance, a lot of the, t- the stuff that we made and so on could have, um, could have went to, um, went to other to investors on that type of system. If, you know, we had been in, in that type of country, like China, a technological country like China, or I don't want to see the states because the states are still highly competitive. Um, same for China, but you know, being in certain spaces like that would, um, I think, has been not being in certain spaces like that had been a bit of a setback because we have been able, we have been having to do a lot on our own. We have had um a lot of um support from everyone around and things like that. But the, the framework, the technology framework, infrastructure that needs to be here for innovators and so on has not been um, a full front of this country in a sense. And I understand it. I understand it. You know, we just get into this like a, a 10, 15 years ago, which is my generation. You know, so it, it, I don't expect it to be built, but being born into that has been a huge setback in terms of... Um, getting where we want to be fast we're going to get there eventually but it's going to take more time in this country than it would somewhere else so because one of the te- one of the, the things as well for me in addition to that would be um payments and being cashless um because of the the world that i live in online a lot of the transactions and so on that i do are mostly electronic 
Um, I even kind of like carry the habits of not using cash so much. I don't know, right? But that's not so much of the case here. Whereas if you go in China, you'd be you'd be blown away to see money, like legitimately down to the vendors and so on using their phones for transactions. And so I know being in a space like that would breed my type of mentality um, a bit faster than here. And people will be able to adapt to the things that I want to do and I want to create a lot faster um, across there than a post So that's how, that's been a huge um, a huge thing for me, the geolocation. But, but as I say, I'm grateful for the nation, that, that the place that I've been born into. That's, that's my roots and everything. But mm-hmm. I have analyzed and seen that this is one. Um, I would so the infrastructure, the geolocation, um, the culture in terms of in its relation to technology, all of those things could be worked on and hopefully it could be taken upon within the next um, um, governmental over, overview and things like that in terms of their focus, maybe like selection or, or whatever the case may be. But yeah. it has been um, thoroughly one of the things for me, yeah. And do you yes, see, think, do you see that stuff um, like changing or evolving at all, even little by little? Just little by little, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's still not fast enough. Like for instance, during the coronavirus times, which we still are in, a lot of my clients and so on need online payments. And imagine the banks here, based on my knowledge as of today's date. They do not have the infrastructure to properly set that up for people to conduct transactions online between banks and so on, things like that, for people to purchase online and receive their deposits instantly. I'm not sure whatever the, the policies and so on that are holding them back are, but I'd say they're losing out big, huge, yeah. and not being able to get that up and running because I have had to go straight to, to Stripe as a Canadian to set up... Um, a business in the state, my business in the states, and so on, just to do that. So I just had to cross borders, yeah, me and so on, to just get something like that. And if I didn't do that last year, there's a lot of business that I might have missed out on, um, just because of that. And again, just because of the geolocation. So slowly but surely, I personally overcoming them, but I know that um, you know, there's it's so like, much opportunity there. So much. So, yeah. so, 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 so much. That that mm-hmm. exact situation is one of my biggest pet peeves. Like, there is no yeah. way to transfer money in this country. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Crazy. What advice do you have for aspiring young entrepreneurs or people who may be coming up and maybe not even sure what they want to do, but, you know, they have mm-hmm. they have some interests so they have... Um, kind of a drive to mm-hmm. do something on their own. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? I would tell them, I would tell them a lot of things, but I would tell them, as you just say, feel fast and feel hard. When I say feel fast and feel hard, I mean like try your hands at different things. Um, keep an extremely good reputation when I say that. So do good business um, in terms of payments, in terms of people relations and things like that. Don't try to do Canadian business in the sense that you're cussing people out and things like that. Because this is a very small place and it will catch up to you, mm-hmm. right? So I will say that keep your reputation to a good standing. Um, 
do good business. Um, definitely start it and try your hand out and don't wait for you to be to wait for it to be perfect. I would also instruct them to aim for international quality standards. You're not doing when you're thinking about creating a product or a service or whatever, you're not just doing it to please Canadians or to serve Canadian customers, but you're doing it at a level that you've seen um it being done on a global scale. So for instance, if I were to say I'm doing a taxi app right now, I would legitimately look to Uber and see what they've done right and what they've done wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to see more probably the taxi service here and try to model it after them. No. I'm legitimately looking outwardly to the big, big world. And then I'm going to come home and customize it. But you have to make things as efficient as possible um, in terms of that. So I would definitely tell them um, aim for international standard. When I was doing design, I looked at what Apple did and what made them so popular with their, how they designed their products. And I adapted to suits. Um, and so, and after that as well, I would say, um, Definitely go for it and definitely do it while, if, even if you're, you're, you're of age right now, but definitely do it while you're young and you don't have that much responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So that way you don't have, you're not able to, you don't have to split yourself so much. So my strategies have always been um, maximizing my time. I sacrificed so much parties and events just to stay home and, um, and learn more. Um, they could do that. And also... Also, um, believe, in, believe in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in your dreams, find your, I wouldn't say find your purpose, but find something that you're good at, be it with your hands, um, be it with um, your mind, look up the different intelligences. That was something that I did. There's one to deal with interpersonal, which is dealing with people, spatial, which is dealing with objects in the air, which would contribute to an architect having great skills. There's mathematical, there's music. Look up the different intelligences and see where you possibly lie and zero in on that. And you'd see that you'll be able to create a product or service of value that people could legitimately use. Um, and you could probably build an, an a business from because our business is about creating things of value. It's not a get rich quick scheme, it's legitimately about serving um, and creating and impacting and trying to change life. That's a bigger picture. You don't want to just focus on sales or whatever. No. As an entrepreneur, you have to think about the entire world impact of your business. And I think that's how you make a difference to be unique and you possibly get far. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Well said. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Karim, what are you, what are you most proud of in the business that you've built so far? Mm. Part of in the business, I would say. A few things. I would say the fact that people, okay, one of the things that made me makes me the happiest, I would say, is when I deliver a product to people and they're able to get results from it. So anybody could, I wouldn't say anybody, but people could create videos. Mm-hmm. People could create photos. But what on a business scale for me does set me apart is that I just create stuff on the business side for you to either get sales or get revenue. And so for instance, when you come back and you tell me that people ask, um, people say that this video was very instructional, very helpful to to um to their product. Um, people ask them about um, you know, kind of stuff like um, you know, the video and so on did this for them, and be able to actually get sales and results and things from the content that I create. Them come back and tell me that, I'll be very proud because I feel like I created an impact and I created a difference. I'll be able to 
to have the business stay afloat, which is what I've done for a lot of companies during this um, corona times. Um, I would say this is um, this is one of the things that I'm extremely, extremely happy about. Like for instance, I created a video for a young entrepreneur the other day. Um, and she said that her, um, her customers were so happy with it that they were able to learn how to use the products that she's selling from the videos. Right. And I was like, damn, that made a difference. Yeah. That made a difference. So that is honestly what I am most happy about on the business side. On the personal side, I would say, um, for me, being able to own my time, mm-hmm. that is what I'm most happy about. Um, and for my family, being able to um provide um yeah. Awesome. Has a challenge, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> All right. Well, Karim. You're doing great things, so keep it up. So glad that we were able to talk today. Thank um, you. Thank you. What is a good place that people can reach you? If there's anybody out there listening and looking up and saying, man, I want to be like Kareem, <laughs> where is mm-hmm. a good place that they can reach you? Best place, but best places, Instagram, email, I would say. So Instagram at Kareem.Gilbert. So that's Kareem with a C, C E R E E M dot Gilbert. You send me a message there. And then I would say email. You can send me an email at Kareem, same C R E M, at cgcreativecontent.com. I'm currently reinventing my website. So you would see it um, coming soon. Um, but those are the two mediums as well as phone. Um, you can reach me by that too. It's on the website. It's on my Instagram. So you can get all those contact details there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Is your website on Instagram as well? You want to share yes. that? Yes. Okay. My website is on Instagram as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you very much, sir. It's been a great chat. It has been. It has and been. look thank forward for to having... talking with you or working with you in the future. Yes. Yes. I look forward to that too. Thanks again for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Anything. And to the listeners, thank you for joining us on today's Pathway. Have a great day, everyone.